0: Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Lighting Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life.
1: God, our Father, you created us to be with you forever, and you sent your Son, Jesus, to lead us to eternal life. We ask you now to help us to pray with one heart and one mind as we begin this Advent season. We make this prayer to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. She's going to light the Advent.
2: The Advent wreath is green, the color of new life and hope. Green reminds us of the newborn Jesus who came to show us the way to everlasting life. Green reminds us of the gift of new life we received as salvation. Green also reminds us that we are people of hope because God is always with us to raise us up when we are sad, when we are sick, and even when we die. The Advent wreath has three purple candles, one pink candle and one white candle purple is the color of kings and queens it is also the color representing prayer and sacrifice the small sacrifices we make to welcome jesus in our hearts and our neighbor and to prepare ourselves to meet him on christmas day pink is the color of joy it reminds us of the joy of meeting jesus at christmas (coughs) the white candle is placed in the middle of the wreath and lit on christmas eve this candle is called the christ candle and represents the life of christ the color white is for purity because Christ is our sinless, pure savior. The advent wreath is made in a circle with no beginning or end. It reminds us of God's everlasting love, which has no beginning or end. All right.
1: All right. Psalms 33:20 20 through 22. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you.
2: All right, something's coming, and then congregation, when it comes up, you will read along with me where it says many. We're waiting. We're eager. We're eager. Sorry, guys. All right. It's more than presence.
0: It's more than life. We
2: open the book of hope and read the promise.
0: God will be with us.
2: Our hearts are glad. We trust God's holy name.
0: God's God's heavenly love surrounds
2: us. Today, we light the candle of hope.
0: Our hope is in the Lord.
2: And then we shall sing joy to the Lord.
0: Let's all sing Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Let's stand as we sing.
3: Ready? Joy to the world, the Lord is come.
4: Let earth receive.
1: Oh, sorry, it's my turn. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm sleeping at the wheel, guys. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the light in Kent. We have uh, three parts to our ministry. We have spark, fuel, and burn. Uh, This is the spark service where we get uh, the fire started for the week. And then we have Fuel, which is where we um, do different things like women's, um, women's meetings, men's meetings, things like that, to try and get uh, closer with God and closer with each other. And then we have Burn, which is where we take what God's done in us and we take it out to the community and to other people, like with caroling this week. So <laughs> Alex, can you come up for offering?
3: There are two ways to give. Um, You'll find donation envelopes in the seat in front of you. Um, You can put those in the lockbox on the way out, or you can go to thelightandkent.com and and click on the little hand that says donate. We have PayPal set up there. Thank you. You Oh, Zach's up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, next... Weekend, as you all know, we have caroling coming up. Uh, so sa- Saturday, we're doing 4 p.m. in downtown Kent, right? And then, yeah, and then Sunday, we do 3 p.m. at Mulberry Gardens. So uh, we're still getting head headcounts. So after church, um, let me know if you'll be singing just Saturday or Sunday or both, if you're gonna bring any food for Saturday. Um, we still need to know exactly how much food and who's bringing what. Um, So see me, Kelsey, or Alex, in regards to the food, and yeah.
5: (laughs) Alex, thank you. Good morning, (laughs) everyone. So happy to see everyone here. I have a couple more announcements. Um, Costumes for Saturday, so if you don't know what we do, We dress up in Dickens costumes and we go downtown and we sing at the Festival of Lights. And we have been doing this for what, 10 years now? This is our 10th year. 10th year, so we have costumes if you're interested. We get here at four o'clock to, um, like Zach said, we rehearse, we get dressed and so forth. Then we head on downtown and then uh, we sing for about a half an hour. And weather permitting, we will stroll through downtown Kent and we will sing. We'll stop at a couple of places and sing. And then we all come back here and we have food and we have fellowship and we have a little Christmas thing going on. And so y'all are invited. If you would like to um, look at the costumes and see what fits you, uh, they're in the back and Sophia and I will be back there after church and uh, we can hook you up with that and get you all set up. But it's just a really great time. It's a great time of fellowship but it's also a great outreach to Kent which is what we're about, right Kelsey? Yeah. And that's our burn. (laughs) That's right. And then Christmas Eve service we will have that at six o'clock here at the church. It's a candlelight service. It's beautiful. And uh, everyone is welcome to join us for that as well. So um, the last thing that's not on the list is uh, we purchased the Christmas code which is an Advent uh, devotional that um, Nancy and Don will pass out at the end of the service. And it's just a little daily devotion to celebrate the Advent season for everyone.
0: I think we start reading together on that. If everybody could start, oh. I think it's Thursday. Is okay. It Thursday, December 1st. Right. So Thursday, and we'll put out a reminder on social media that we're going to begin doing this together. And then we kind of comment on our Light and Kent uh, messenger group. So if you're not on that, please uh, get with Mary. She knows how to do stuff like that, I think okay and if you're not on that our if you're not on our messenger uh, group please get on there and uh, it's really fun but uh, as we go through these devotions together then um, and if you're um, are we streaming right now so uh, okay oh I'll mention that when we're streaming you could have gone ahead it's okay well I want to welcome everybody who is a first-time attender here today Um, I want you to know that we love you. We've prayed, we've actually prayed that you would be here today. Um, we we believe God has brought you here, and it's actually not an accident. It's a divine appointment, and we believe that God has a miracle for you, and we're just here to help you find that. So um, we ask you if you would fill out your first-time attendee card. If you got that packet, if you didn't get it, raise up your hand because you should have got one by now. And uh, if you'd fill that out and um, we're going to take that information and pray for you tomorrow on Monday, we're going to pray for you, whatever needs you put on there, whatever it is that you want God to do in your life, because we want you to know that you are not alone with your needs or your problems. Amen. And that we are here as a church to help you find God's miracle in your life. So sometimes it comes. You know, like from heaven and then other times God does a miracle right here on earth through people. So uh, I think you already sense that this is a friendly church and people are going to want to meet you after church, including me. And uh, we just want you to know this. We care about you. You are super important to us and somebody may even want to pray for you after church. So hopefully that'll be okay with you. Because we believe that God answers prayer. Anybody with me on that one? And we just want to see God bless your life. Amen? Well, let's stand. It's time to worship the Lord. How many reasons? Let's praise the everlasting God. Side of us as we worship you. Lift up who you are. You are everything we want to be, Lord. You are everything that we need. Lord, we ask that as we hear your word today, Lord, it will bring change, everlasting, eternal change to our hearts and our minds, our actions. We would leave here different leave here different than when we came. Lord, help us to grow closer to you and help us to grow in you, Lord, in your maturity, in your kindness, in your love, Lord. Help us to grow in our patience. Help us, Lord, in every way towards others, and towards you. Become more like you, we ask in Jesus' name you, Lord Jesus. Amen. You could be seated. Thank you all for joining us today in this service. I believe the presence of the Lord is here in a powerful way. You know, when we lift him up, well, God is he desires our praise, not because he needs our praise in the sense that it makes him feel better. What it does is it amplifies Him. It enlarges Him in our minds, in our spirit, in our life. And there's so much evidence in the Word that God Himself, He is blessed. And He enjoys our praise, though. Because He created us. And we are people of praise. And He made us to praise Him. Amen? So it's just good when we can come together and do that. I want to thank you for joining us. This is The Light in Kent. My name is Larry Knoll. And we are already beginning the Christmas season here. And um, we began with uh, worship today around talking about Advent already. If you were here in the service, we uh, lit these one of our first candle of Advent, candle of hope. And we'll be lighting these each uh, week of Advent all the way up till Christmas. You know, we're going to have a great Christmas Eve service here that this is wonderful, but wait till you come on Christmas Eve. It is, it will blow your socks off. It is an amazing service. And uh, it's not fabulous in the sense that we have all kinds of smoke and mirrors. We don't. We go the opposite direction and it's like, it's just very sacred and very sweet uh, service and we sing carols and we read the scripture of the of the Christmas story you can't get more exciting than that and then we take communion together it's a one hour service so if you're um, I hope each one of you can be here on that day I know there's a lot of family commitments but if there's a possible way to be here from 6 to 7 on the 24th we'd love to have you Also, I want you to to reiterate, and for those who weren't here in the early part of the service, you just joined us. um, We have a little devotional, and I don't know if we have any extras, but if you, this starts on the 1st, which is Thursday. So if we do have any extras, just uh, ask for it through social media, you know, through our our Facebook. Just come in here and, and send us a message. You know how to do that. And ask for the Christmas code, okay? I almost feel like a televangelist all of a sudden, but there's no, we don't need an offering. We don't need anything from you. We would, if we have, you know, while we have these, uh, we, we would gladly send one to you. So let us know if you'd like one. It's going to be a great devotional that we go through together um, on Facebook, and each day we're going to hear comments from people as they go through this, what God is speaking to them. Well, as I said, I'm starting a series, actually called Christmas at the Movies. And I did something like this a few years ago. And I love, nobody loves Christmas movies, probably more than Mary and I. Last night I pulled out the official Noel catalog, which is a case about this big of Christmas movies. DVDs, that's just the DVDs. We're not counting the stuff that she tapes off of Hallmark. And she force. I mean, she allows me to watch with her every, every year. We sit there and she has her T-shirt that says, this is my Hallmark movie, Christmas movie T-shirt. She has the socks. Somebody took her cup. So, you know, we're going to get her another cup. But, you know, it's just, it's a great time. We love the Christmas season with your name being Noel, like ours is. And Mary's name is Mary Noel. So it just really means Merry Christmas, you know then you know we have uh, an affinity for Christmas. And so um, Christmas at the movies is what this is all about because we love a lot of the Christmas movies out there. They have a wonderful message, and um, we like to watch those. Last night we, we watched a bunch while we were getting the tree set up and things like that. We're celebrating Advent during these four weeks, though. And the name Advent is adopted from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. The Greek translation was Parousia, which in the New Testament they use that to talk about the second coming of Christ. So Advent just means, you know, the coming, the arrival. And with Advent, we're preparing for the coming of messiah as a baby right so both then and now though christ's coming was prophesied if people could have read the scriptures and understood what they were looking for and maybe read god's mind a little bit they would have understood that this little baby was the messiah and this young man who grew up 33 years old he was the messiah but Also now, there's so much evidence pointing to the coming of Christ again as our soon-coming king, right? We're expecting that, but there's so many that aren't, just like the first time that Jesus came. So each week we're going to use a classic Christmas movie to focus on the incarnation. And incarnation is just a big word that we use uh, when we're talking about Uh, Jesus Christ coming as the Messiah and coming, you know, leaving his throne, coming here. That's called the incarnation. It just means embodied in flesh or taking on flesh or the appearance of God as a human. That's all incarnation means. So we understand that, don't we? We understand that God came down, became a man, right? In the form of Jesus Christ. We understand that, right? How many understand that? Okay, good. I want to make sure I don't have to go backwards, you know, or not backwards, but back there and teach teach up there and get there. So if God came to this earth, my question is this. God's pretty powerful. When we say God, we're talking about a lot of power. We're talking about a lot of influence. We're talking about a lot of, you know, amazing stuff when we talk about God. That must have impacted the earth. If a meteor flies in, you know, we're worried about meteors all the time i hear see them on these news feeds that i get these science news feeds and it's like wow, oh, we have another meteor and it's like 900 million miles away but it's really close and it's in my eyes it's like 900 million is not close i couldn't walk there okay close would be downtown all right and i could walk there in 15 minutes but to them something speeding at this speed and with the vastness of space and everything else when it's coming just within the neighborhood of earth boy, that's that's really close but if it were to come to earth if it was somehow to hit earth there would be an impact wouldn't there bigger the the bigger the meteor or asteroid rather the bigger the asteroid the bigger the damage is going to be i don't think you can get any bigger than god God's just beyond size he's just you know you can't think of God in, ter- in terms of that in volume you know it's like well that's a lot of God okay can't think in those terms when we talk about God but when God came to earth I believe there was a lasting impact if you think about it and I think we can find it in some of these movies believe it or not because when I go to movies I have a problem I turn every one of them into sermons. You know, if I'm at a Star Wars thing, and am watching that. I do the same thing, you know. So if you're sitting with me, get ready. Because afterwards, you know, we're going to have a theological discussion about something, you know, that I saw. And I go, did you understand that that's like, you know. So if God came to earth and there was an impact, let me ask a question. If God comes into your life, there's an impact, isn't there? I mean, there's an impact when God comes into your life. It's not just like, oh, that was nice. Life's so much better. Okay? So I think, when I think of impact, I'm thinking of a dark room. I'm thinking of a dark room. Okay? No light at all. Like my bathroom upstairs in the middle of the night. That's why I put the automatic light that Don and Nancy got us. Because my toes were tired of screaming in the middle of the night. Poof, oh, who put that there? So, a dark room, no light, and then the tiniest little light. It's amazing. This light right here is so amazing. Whoever, it's not just the cell phone, the invention of the cell phone, the fact that it has a camera in there, but it also, somebody was smart enough to turn that flash into a flashlight. And it's amazing. I mean, I have been in situations. I was in the attic yesterday trying to I have this thing. My furnace is in the attic, and so are my Christmas decorations. So guess what I do when I'm doing my Christmas decorations? I change the filter, and I keep a box of them up there. So I'm up there, and I have my little wooden-handled screwdriver, but it's dark on this side, and I can't see real well. OK, because I'm the lights back here and I cast a shadow and I'm like, I it's a slotted screw, too. It's like who invented slotted screws? What was the deal? Was it just to make me frustrated? And the more you use it, the more it it creates more wiggle in those cheap screws. So I've lived there for about 10 years. You know, we've had the air conditioner replaced about 10 years ago. And now they're just impossible to find. I'm like, hey, and then, you know, if you have trifocals like me you're like this you're like which one should I use which one works you know and then I went wait you have a tool and I popped this out and I went like that got it done the impact that that little bit of light had on my situation was incredible and how does light in a totally dark room how does any amount of light affect the room you know how it affects it right It creates light, all right? So let's go to John chapter 1. Let's look at what the Bible says about that, what John wrote wrote about that. In the beginning, it was dark, wasn't it? If you go back to Genesis, it was dark. So I love he's using those first three words in a similar way that Genesis does because my mind goes back to the beginning. It was dark. In the beginning was the word And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the what of all mankind? The light. That life was the light. In him was life. See God. Was The light inside of him because he was God. And so God is light. I love that because light is so powerful. It overcomes darkness. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So can darkness overcome light? Okay. So if there was the darkness in Kent, we would win, right? Because we're the light in Kent. So we win. Can the darkness of that room If you take the smallest little light and you put it in that dark room, does it snuff out the light? No. The light invades the darkness every single time. The light overcomes the darkness. So let's go back. back. Now I'm not done. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. All right. Now, verse eight, bring that up. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. I'm not the light, but the light dwells within me. Okay. A human being is we're just a container. We're just a jar. We're just a shell. But when we are filled with God. We're filled with his light. We should be impacting wherever we go. We should be invading the darkness wherever we go. That's the way I see it. Okay. Verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him. This is just hard to even think about. So he created the world. The world did not recognize him. That's crazy. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. It's like, hey, I'm home for Christmas, fam. Who? (laughs) Who are you? We don't know you. He came to his Jewish family, his Jewish earthly family, and they did not receive him. Mankind didn't receive him, okay? He created all of mankind. He was not received. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's the incarnation we were talking about. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in the place of grace already given. That's interesting. All right, we'll come back to that later. For the law was given through Moses. There's a little explanation of what he's talking about. The law was given through Moses. And grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. So this passage right here from John, not not the John they're talking about in the passage, that's John the Baptist, or, but this is from the um, the Apostle John. This passage teaches us that the incarnation, listen, is representing a new way, a new way of God relating to His broken creation. This is a new way now. The old way, we know that, that was in the Torah, that's in the Old Testament, okay? We know that. He cared intimately about, He, he wanted to have this relationship with His creation. But how did the incarnation God with us impact the world when Jesus came. First of all, I'm going to just say this. The very concept of incarnation, the word became flesh that we see in verse 14, is, was such a strange, well, it is a strange idea. It's very radical when you think about it. For us as Christians, you're like, yeah, Jesus came as a baby, virgin birth, God came down. Think about that now if you're not in the spirit, if you're not accepting of Of Jesus Christ as your Savior, or even the theology of God as we know God. How weird, how off the wall that sounds, right? That's like, what? It's no wonder people that only deal in science, you know, scientific proof, I should say, for everything, can't groove on this at all. I understand that. I totally understand that. Okay? So this was really strange and radical for the Jews. Okay? When we get off, when we go, geez, what was wrong with them? Didn't they know a Messiah when they saw one? Say, well, just hold up a minute. See, the Jews were expecting a triumphant Messiah, like warrior. Warrior Messiah. And all this time. All this time, they were taught to not intermarry with people that weren't Jews. Now, in today's world, this would not fly at all. This would like be politically, totally, politically incorrect. All right? Because they were supposed to remain pure. Jews with Jews, that's it. Okay? Abraham's descendants... Special group of people called out by God, loved by God, the apple of his eye, all this. And so all this time they had separated themselves, okay? Set apart from all the other nations. And they understood God's holiness because they were constantly, <coughs> they were constantly practicing holiness the best way they knew how. They had volumes on how to be holy. Do this, don't do this, don't do this, do this. Do five of these and do, don't do do those things at all. And don't look on this and don't eat that, okay? These were all attempts at being holy. They were practicing what holiness looked like. This is what we believe it looks like. And it looked like separation from unholiness. The way to be holy is stay away from the unholy. Ooh, might get unholiness on you. So that the idea that God would come to Earth as a human child, and then take on the sufferings and being part of all this mess in this broken world, it was kind of a hard concept to swallow because they were looking for this perfect person, this being, to come down and go, "Where are the Romans?" and be like Thanos and just go "Wah!" and you know things would just be right. This is what they had in their minds. But this is exactly the impact that the incarnation had on this world. You see, here's the impact. This holy God, we just sang, holy, holy. This holy God came into this unholy world among sinners. Listen to this. How hard is this to think about if you're a Jew back then, and holiness is separation. So holy God comes in a mess it's like having your white jeans on girls and you're standing around a pig pen and all of a sudden you just jump in okay it's like it's good you're gonna be messed up no like it's impossible there's no way god would just come in and be a part of this unholy world but there's a reason he came to bear our burdens Isn't that a wonderful thought? To bear our burdens. The burden of sin, the burden of emptiness, the burden of loneliness, the the burden of rejection, the burden of perfection. The burden of of failure, of not being able to be perfect. Excuse me, Siri, I'm preaching, don't talk to me. Moses gave us the law. What the scripture is saying here is Moses gave us the law. The law was not bad, by the way. John is not, he's not ragging on the law here saying, well, you know, the law. Listen, Moses gave us the law, which was God's standards. They're impossible, by the way. They're impossible standards. How many of you here kept all of the Ten Commandments? Yeah, that's what I thought. Nobody. And you're a Christian. You have the power of God, and you still can't keep all the commandments all the time. But here's the thing. The commandments came from God. They were impossible. They were standards, high standards, but grace and truth came through Jesus is what the Scripture says. And we've, at, we've never actually seen God. We've never actually seen God. But we could see, people could see Jesus, which he was God in the flesh. The incarnation. And he was delivering God's greatest gift, which was grace and truth. That's what, that's what John said. Grace and truth. This is what Jesus brought. Is this, is this. I'm going to get to the movie in a second in case you're not entertained yet, okay? <laughs> and see, let me tell you truth. In today's world, people are sick of Christians pointing their finger and telling them what they're doing wrong. We think that's truth. We think, you know, well, I'm going to show them, hey, you're messed up over here, and you shouldn't do that. And I don't like that either, and I'm sure there's something in the Bible about that. I'll find it if you give me long enough. But here's what Jesus, he pointed his finger at religious fakes. And he offered sinners grace and truth, because we're all sinners. People that were admitting that they were not holy, they didn't have it all together, they needed a Savior, they needed God, they got grace and truth. If you were self-righteous, you got the other part of Jesus, the other part of God there. And I'm telling you, this is what the world needs right now, grace and truth, grace and truth. We needed to be dispensers. We need to impact the world like Jesus did, grace and truth. They don't need more conflict. The world does not need us to be in conflict with it. We need to be dispensers of grace and truth. So let's go to the movie. Okay? I got a little heavy there. So let's go. Let's let's go to the Miracle on 34th Street. I watched this last night just to get, you know, to get it back in there and I love watching this in the black and white, the original 1947. So, after a divorce, to set it up in case, has ever, anybody not seen Miracle on 34th Street? Okay, so this is for you. After a divorced New York mother hires a nice old man to play Santa Claus at Macy's, she is startled by his claim to be the genuine article. When his sanity is questioned, a lawyer defends him in court by arguing, next picture, he's not mistaken. All right? So, when I watch this, I see an illustration of how meaningful the Incarnation is. The Incarnation, God coming to earth, showing us who He really is, okay? Dispensing grace and truth through His Son, Jesus Christ. So, when the real Santa Claus ends up getting a job working as Santa in a department store... Macy's everybody is totally inspired by this character totally inspired because he's different and and there's even a court case where they seek to show that he's totally lost it he can't you know he can't be he's saying that he's Santa Claus but he can't be Santa Claus because there is no Santa Claus right now not here to talk about Santa Claus whether you know, whether and so children, ask your parents if there is a Santa Claus, all right? Don't ask me, so I'm not saying there is or isn't, because I don't want to get in trouble with some parent. But this is not about magic. this This movie, to me, is about his interactions with children. If you watch this movie, there's one part. And I'm thinking about right now, and it's making me, it always does this to me. And these kids are coming up, and he's being the Santa Claus at the department store at this one scene. And the thing I realized is he focused in on each child's need. Was that child perfect? No. Did that? Ch- were some of those children messed up and selfish? Yes. But he didn't look at that. There's an old song that says, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. And I watched him, Santa Claus, this guy who's supposed to be really Santa Claus, and he's at this department store playing the fake Santa Claus, which is weird. And he is focused not on the adults, not on the crowds, not on the child's imperfections or anything else, but he's focused on that child's needs. There's this one part... (laughs) Where he does sign language for a little deaf girl. Of course Santa Claus can do sign language. He can do anything, right? And and a child that wants a father, he listens to that need. The part that gets me every time is the little Dutch girl. And the the adopted mother goes, well, you know, she doesn't understand English, but just pat her on the head and give her a toy, and he begins to speak Dutch to her. And they sing the little santa claus song then you know that i'm going to learn someday just to aggravate people (laughs) see he's simply with children in a busy time of the year that seems to really be all about adults we try to make it that it's all about kids but it's really all about adults and john one doesn't tell us any of the stories that are found in the other gospels about how jesus treated people john doesn't do that he doesn't talk about how he shows all this care and attention doesn't that's not recorded in john but what john is doing is he's focusing on the theological backing that we have for understanding incarnation how is that well verse 14 he says he made his dwelling among us all right and in verse 9 he said that he is the true light that gives light to everyone so now we see what the incarnation was all about. He came to dwell among us to show us the light, to shine the light, everybody, to be the light in a dark world. It was a dark world then. It's a dark world now. And just as Chris Kringle burst into the lives of everyone he encountered in this movie, I mean, there wasn't anybody he didn't mess, mess up, you know, change their life. You know, there's the man, the single guy that likes the woman who works at the department store and it impacts his life, it impacts the mother's life, it impacts the child, it impacts the guy that is the fake psychologist that works at the um, department store, it messes him up terribly. You know, it impacts Macy's, then it impacts the other department store. What was the other department store? What is it? Gimbal's. It impacts Impacts an entire city, and all he's doing is really ministering to children's needs. That's all he's doing. He didn't plan a crusade, he didn't do any advertising. He just met people's needs, guys. He became the light to everyone. And I'm telling you, Jesus came bursting into the world as light. His ideas, his teachings, who he was, how he acted. It was this, like verse 5 says, a light that shines in the darkness. And Jesus was doing something. He was revealing God's nature. This Guys, watch me. This is the heart of the Father. And what he was doing is he's opening the door for sinners to come into the holy of holy God's presence. Couldn't go there before. But he was opening the door. This is how you come into his presence. So the word of God brought light to the chaos that was in creation. Okay? That was before creation, I should say. At creation, there was darkness, it says. There was this chaos. There was, and boom, let there be light. And Jesus did the same thing. He brought light to A chaotic world, fallen mankind, when he became a man. But wait, Warren, there's more. When we're talking, he always says that. But wait, there's more. Thomas Constable, he writes this in his book Notes on John. He says, the light that Jesus brought was superior and stronger than the darkness that existed both physically and Spiritually, see this passage reminds us that this season is not just a celebration of Christ coming Because that's it. Well, he was born Great. Hallelujah. Let's sing with Handel. Okay But it's not just that it's an opportunity for the world to believe the truth guys dirty little secret here That's why we do Christmas caroling downtown It's unbelievable that they allow us, no, they ask us to come down in front of the entire city and dress like Dickens carolers, because we all, aren't we? We become Dickens characters, just for a moment. And anyhow, and we sing old-fashioned, Christ-centered Christmas carols, Away in the Manger, Old Little Town of Bethlehem, Joy to the World. That's what we, we do sing, Here Comes Santa Claus. Or something like that. What is it? Is it here come Santa Claus? Huh? Santa Claus is coming to town. And jingle bells. But God gets the major billing on what we do down there. And every time we go, we pray before we go. And we say, God, we're just going to sing about you. This is the good news to us. It's not just Christmas carols. Use it however you can. We don't know, guys. We have no idea how that's being used. But you know what? It's kind of funny, we're at the festival of lights and we're from the light and we're being the light. Isn't that great? I'm all lit up at Christmas. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, like Chris Kringle, okay, this is what he said in his defense of his inability to prove himself. He said, if you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. Boy, when he said that in the movie, I was like, he said, faith. Yes, that's what I was thinking about when I'm watching this. And in a broken world that's so dominated by doubt, who do you believe now? Which news channel is the right one now? Which politicians are the right? You know what? We are so evenly divided in this country. Nobody knows. Just when you think it's these people and you vote for them, then all the scandal breaks out and you go, whoa. Now what do I do? You believe in Jesus. You trust in Jesus. You go for his truth and you dispense his grace to other people. Okay? There's people that desperately need the faith that we have. So, um, what is the incarnation? Tim, you can come. What is the incarnation? And what does Christmas really say to the world? I'm going to tell you what the incarnation really says. God's been working behind the scenes, everybody. He's at work. You may not know He's working. You may not see Him working. But God has been working behind the scenes. and I'm going to tell you, the Incarnation's not about degrading the way that God dealt with His people before Jesus. It's not about, you know, well, that was the law. That was not the time of grace. There was grace then. If there wasn't grace, He'd have wiped everybody out. There would have been nobody left. When your own people worship idols, when you've shown them incredible miracles and done so much, you've fed them, you've protected them, you've sent armies to fight for them, you've had angels surround them and all this, and they still are unfaithful to you. There was a lot of grace going on there, a lot of patience that God had. So we're not here to say, well, you know, the time before Jesus. But what we're doing is we're We're celebrating God's perfect plan across history. That's what we're going to do. And God showed himself, his holiness, his power, and his faithfulness through the Torah. But now Jesus shows him through the incarnation. He shows a completeness of God in the incarnation. Verse 17 said, for the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So it's like there's your complete thing right there we got the law got to deal with the law the law says you're wrong the law says you're a sinner but because of the grace and truth of Jesus Christ the life that he lived the truth that he brought and this is just showing us how man's relationship with God got better because of Jesus and it was limited just certain people could have this relationship with God but now Jesus opened it up to me and you, to our descendants, the people that came before us. I'm so glad for my those who came before me. You may not have had what I had, but I had grandparents that knew Jesus Christ, who preached, who pastored, who planted churches back when it wasn't easy. In fact, you faced persecution for the beliefs that they had. I'm glad I have that. Not everybody has that, but I'm going to tell you something. There is truth for all. God opened his truth and his grace to everyone through Jesus Christ. So we don't have to be raised in a family or come from, we don't have to be Jewish. We don't have to be Pentecostal. We don't have to be Catholic. We don't have to be in says, this is for anyone. You come to me, okay? You can be an atheist, and you can come to God right now. Whatever you call yourself, it doesn't matter. The door is open because of Jesus Christ. And in that movie, I remember people refused to believe that this guy was Santa Claus, okay? They just refused it. And then Chris Kringle showed up, and he demonstrated his identity by the things that he did. He didn't do any magical things, guys. He was just different. He had this light about him, this something different about him that everybody noticed. I want to be like that, don't you? I want to be where people go, who is, who is that masked man that just came through here? and the reason that he came was why because of the commercialization of christmas right? remember that if you watch the movie i got to go do something about it i got to go you know we have to make a change or there won't be a christmas one day if i don't go and save christmas and he came to remind them of the true meaning of christmas and they just thought he was a crazy old man and jesus came to earth he fulfilled all the prophecies of the messiah God's people had waited for hundreds of years, and here he comes with this message of hope from God. God's people wanted a warrior, of course. And Jesus said, no, I'm coming with a message of love. Love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. Do good to those who despise you. And nobody with that message, nobody could believe he was the Messiah. All they could think of is, wait, where's your cool weapons? The Romans, aren't, aren't we going after, when are we going to hit up the Romans now? When are we going after them? They were seeking an earthly kingdom, and Jesus was teaching of a spiritual kingdom. And it was a whole different set of values, and people thought he was crazy. Even his own followers began to waver. Some, even, some of the Jews even said he was the devil or the son of Satan, didn't they? And he was anti-government, so they accused him of being that against the government. They, the religious people even accused him of blasphemy. Can you imagine God being accused of blasphemy? That's just like, wait, that's messed up. And he proved God's love for the world. He was born to die. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord... Thank you so much for the for the incarnation. What a word! Because it, there's so much that pours out of that word. There's so many ingredients to that word. It's more than just you know we're waiting for the coming. It's not just the coming, but it's it was yes you came, but the impact that you had. Not just then, but the impact that's in our lives today. And I pray, Lord, for those today who are—they de- may be watching this. They may be at home, I don't know, sitting on a park bench. I don't know. They may be across the world. We've had people from other countries watch. Don't know why, but they do. Wherever they are, what, whatever time they watch this, God. Or for anybody in this room today, you can ask the Lord be the light of your life you can recognize him for what for who he is today he can impact you starting today is what i'm trying to tell you we need to be impacted by god that's what our souls long for so i'm going to pray a prayer and if you want to pray this as your prayer uh, i'm just going to pray it with no repeats you can just listen if you'd like and make it your prayer or you can pray your own prayer but i want to I want you to ask the Lord into your life today. If you don't know Him, if you have not accepted Him, I would like you to take this moment, I'm challenging you, to allow God to impact your life. Father, we just pray, Lord, I believe in Jesus, and I believe that He is the Son of God, and I believe that He died for my sins, and I am sorry for my sins and I repent from my sin from this day forward, and I accept Jesus as my Savior. I pray that you will help me to be like Jesus, to be a person of impact, to be a person of light. Help me to love God. Help me to love others through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I commit my mind, my soul, my strength, my being, everything that I am, I commit to you and I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If that's your prayer today, I want you to come up, talk to one of us. You can talk to me or probably just about anybody in this room you feel comfortable approaching. Say, hey, I need to know more. If you were watching this today, might be weeks later you might be watching this i we we say something at the beginning of our service we don't believe that this was a mistake we believe this was a divine appointment for you and so that means god kind of set this up so i want you to to take that seriously contact us say hey i need to know what to do what are my next steps i i prayed a prayer with you today i believe that prayer but maybe I don't feel anything different right now. Maybe I don't know anything different. But I want to know, what do I do next? Please contact us. We're not, we don't, we're not looking for money for anybody. We're not looking to put you on some mailing list. We simply want to resource you. And if you live in another town, we'll even help you find a place to go, a church that could help minister to you and help you grow in the Lord. But I thank you everyone anybody that prayed that prayer today anybody that prayed can we just give the lord a big hand and a thank you of praise for lives changed and impacted today i believe that you know the bible says his word never returns void okay so it doesn't go out and doesn't do something to somebody at some time so um, i believe that and that's why we're doing that we're doing that by faith Well, I want to thank you uh, for being here today and for those who have joined us through our streaming. Next week, the movie that we're going to be um, preaching out of, so to speak, will be The Polar Express, okay? Yeah, The Polar Express. And um, uh, if you you wouldn't mind helping us share our uh, broadcast here, like it, make a comment on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, uh, on our podcast. We sure would appreciate it. It helps us get the word out organically there, and it goes out through social media. Uh, You can also go to thelightinkent.com, and it's got information about uh, our church, if you uh, want that. Hey, if you're in the Kent area, we would love to meet you. How many would like to meet some of these folks that are about? Yeah, like Zach and Jessica did, okay? They were... They were like, uh, you were like, uh, I don't know, watching for several weeks or months or something. Yeah, yeah, a month or two. And they were stealthing us, you know. And then they they all of a sudden popped up. So you could do that too. We would love to meet you. We're just in love with them now. And we would love to meet you too. God bless you. And uh, we look forward to having you join us again. Is anybody today... Have a special prayer need that we can pray with you about. Anybody here today would love to pray with you. Yeah, you wanna. Sure. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightinkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at or message us on Facebook.